Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Because the door was open and I'm eating a carrot and I know the hate mail I get when I eat carrots. So just enjoy this free ASMR ride. No, people don't like that at all. I'm going to get DMs. Well, how am I supposed to eat? You eat at other times of the day. I don't have that now. What was that chunk where I saw you in the kitchen? I had a miscarriage, okay? God, well, that was my answer to everything. That chunk where you, when I was eating my lunch? Yeah, when you were like eating chicken with with your hands. Yeah. No, I'm a vegetarian now. Oh. Mm -hmm. So you didn't see me eating chicken. You were eating something that looked like, uh, what's that place you like? Not El El Pollo Pollo Loco. Loco. (laughs) Not El Pollo Loco. No, the one that's like El Pollo Loco, but nice. What's like a nice... Are you talking about Mastro's? No. (laughs) No, it's the one you've got... They have like a California... Power plate or like something. And oh, you, Baja Fresh? No. Paquito Moss. Yes. A Thank nice El Pollo Loco. Yeah. This is how you classify things. Yeah. It's like a McDonald's, but it's nicer. Burger King. No. A Burger Damn King it. is a worse McDonald's. Well, I'm done with the carrot now. This is episode, it doesn't matter what number it is, but you're in it, folks. 104, 105. My Aunt Debbie is a life coach, and we want to have her on the podcast to answer like some deep questions and she was like, I love Kashi. I had a prune this morning and Kashi, and I'm still waiting. So I guess you were saying it's that thing where if you eat it often enough, it's probably fine. Yeah. And I'm saying it should be safe enough that it's not like eating a ballistic missile and it shouldn't, like having a bowl of it shouldn't be enough to disrupt you. It's not like that guy in Massachusetts that ate all that black licorice. He ate like a bag and a half for two weeks straight. One bowl of Kashi. Two bowls of Kashi shouldn't, two bowls of anything commercial should not, F up your life. Who's this person that ate all this licorice? Is oh, that a real thing yeah, or it's something only you're just... A man who I was sent so many articles about. He ate a bag and a half of black licorice and it like messed with his like blood sugar or his, or his cholesterol or blood pressure. And it turns out it's like a very small amount, like two, not liters. It's like only if only like a, like two ounces of black licorice a day for a couple of weeks can like mess with your blood pressure. And I always thought it was like a healthy thing because it's kind of gross. Anyways, now that I've given you the candy blood pressure medical update, it's time to get into the show. You guys have a lot of questions. We've been having a lot of fun. 
Is it lame that I introduce it every time? And now it's time for the questions. Like, what's what No, I mean, what else do we do? Like, it just opens and Great I'm like, question. someone's friend is dead. No, we usually open and you're like, something happened at my apartment, my broken heart's apartment where there's a man, <laughs> he's naked outside my window. I said, please go away. I'm breathing into a bag. Did I send you that picture of him when his shirt was off? I can't. I can't it was can't bad. It was bad. Asna.rizwan908. The dog's in the background killing a toy. Grunting. Good girl. Welcome to the grunting tug. I'm your host, Candace. Hi, Liza and Emily. Let me start with that I cannot stand being painfully single right now. I asked you for advice a couple months ago on how to ask my high school crush out, and I finally did. Yay, except he doesn't feel the same way. (laughs) Except I'm in middle school. (laughs) But it's okay since he goes to college on the other side of the state and we're not super close friends. That's okay. Fuck that dude. I mean, you won't be, but like, forget him. Yeah. Uh, Fast forward a month or two, and one of my friends at his school drunkenly sends me some random dude's Insta thinking we were a great match. She doesn't even know him. LOL. I look at his Insta, and he's perfect on paper. Uh Very cute, very liberal, psych major, I think, and very tall. Sounds like a lesbian. The problem is, I just found out, is that he is first crush's roommate. Should I shoot my shot? Would it be awkward since he's pretty much a stranger on the other side of the state? Would I be reaching for the impossible? It's so weird. Even there are so many. To Listen to me. Tianfu. Oh, she knocked over a trash can. Excuse you. Listen to me. If I had a dollar for every like liberal male studying psychology at a random school, I'd have like $50,000. So no, this guy isn't special. And if to you, if all it takes to be good on paper is liberal and like a BA like an undergrad degree, like your bar needs to be set higher. You will look like a crazy person. Do not do it. There are other colleges. Yeah. Just move on. Stalk him from afar if you want to like sort of quietly get off to his pictures at night. Fine. It will only look, I appreciate that it was innocent. Although something, I feel like you're kind of lying to us. (laughs) Do not. What's the best case scenario? I mean, yeah, right. Like, well, the best case scenario is you guys fall in love and none of this mattered, but like, you're going to go visit him in that room and be like, are you going to be like licking him while making eye contact with the guy you really like? Like, yeah, Zeke, this could have been you. <laughs> Do not engage abort mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Negative. And sorry about the advice last time. Sorry it didn't work out. But no, good that you moved on. That was good advice. Yeah. No, and by the way, it still holds because the guy didn't like you. And if he did like you, and what if this guy's perfect? And then you'd be in like a weird love triangle in like mm. a shitty dorm at a state school. So just hard pass. Yeah. You've already, I know you've already reached out. You sound super horned up and ready to go. Just find someone local and get going. Stefan underscore NJ. Hey, Liza, Emily, and Snow Peach. I keep seeing social media littered with life hacks, and I think most of them are made to validate hoarders need to keep all kinds of crap around just in case you need it. Oh, Emily. (laughs) But what? It's a paid ad. (laughs) For me keeping my garbage in your home. Mm -hmm. But what is the one life hack you actually swear by? And can you please share it with us? For me, it's the online hacks about ordering plane tickets and hotels. Use incognito mode when looking for deals. Much love for all involved in this fun pod. Why? So they don't track your... Well, because if you... Th- when you visit it, you have cookies that you visited it. No, and so my cookies. So it'll... It, oh it Sometimes like it'll increase the price when you go back. Or Ew. Like, yeah. Oh, really surreptitious, giving it a name like cookies. Like, they're just harmless cookies. May we install cookies on your site? Can I put Twinkies in your head? Can I put pie bites in your brain? You know, the life hack thing, 
life hacks can be tangible. They can be intangible. You know, a life hack is asking someone like, how are you doing this morning to like change up the energy? A life hack could be adding lime to water to make it more palatable. Uh So I don't know. That's, I'd have to like prepare for that one. Do you have a life hack? Oh boy, it's your time to shine. Not, I mean, so many ways to make their life better. Well, the reason he's the, the this person is talking about like garbage is it's one of those things you'll see videos for it where it's like take a old juice can, cut it open, use okay. one part, glue it to a hanger. I've always had issues with those. And it's funny that you're saying that because I feel like I've definitely said this before. I'm not saying you're stealing it. Where you'd have to amass so much crud and be actively looking for ways to utilize it. Because this idea that like, oh, you can make your own coat hanger. You're like, I'll probably just go buy one. Like you have to train yourself to, it's kind of like bringing your own reusable straw. You have to train yourself to always be thinking, how can I be thrifty about this? Because you always see those videos that are like, they just have like a soundtrack, no one's talking and it's just a pair of hands. And it's usually written in like Arabic, like some random Middle Eastern mom doing these hacks. And it's like, you know, like put a banana peel on top of a soda bottle. See, instant gold. A lot of them I think kind of don't work too. And- in the time it took you to do the hack, you could have done the thing. Yeah. I, um, I like those the ones. Those are usually just garbage. The helpful ones are the ones that are like, you know, when you go, you know, when you go to a McDonald's or whatever and you get the little paper white cup of ketchup, right? You get the little paper white cup. I don't, but go on. But if you pull on it, it opens and then you can put more ketchup in there. No, you're not. Yeah. Oh, I guess it does expand. It expands. So many tips. It's meant to expand. It's actually crazy how many products are not being utilized to their full potential. It's like, yeah. look at these ridges on the bottom of the box. That's actually to help you walk better. Like just yeah. things that you don't think about. And I wish there were a website that just showed, because those aren't hacks as much as here's like proper usage. Right. Well, then there's also like, you're supposed to open a banana from what we consider the bottom. They're like, that's how yes. monkeys do it. Or the way to eat a pineapple is like taking it out piece by piece. We've all seen these. Yeah. And then they'll have like jackfruit videos. And I'm like, no one here needs, no one here is eating a jackfruit. No one's um, interested. No one's eating, uh, except for like all of Brazil. Um, I, and vegans. We get the New York Times delivered. Um, and I use the, my thing about plastic is, I can't make the New York Times stop wrapping their paper in plastic. And uh, so I use alternate things instead of dog bags for poop. Like why buy a bunch of plastic bags for dog poop? That's insane when there's so many things. So I'll use paper. I use the New York Times plastic bag it comes in to wrap the dog's poo. Although I wish there was no plastic. Um, I never, here's a hack that drives my husband crazy. I never take out plates. If I have to like cut a lemon, I just cut it like on a, a dish rag. He's like, why don't you get a plate? I'm like, why would I wash a plate when I could just do it on this dish rag? Forget I used it, use the dish rag later. It's not really a hack as much as something that's kind of Yeah, that's just bad. Go think about that. I should have had these. All right, well. (laughs) I mean, okay, we can come back with more next time. Cinnamon in your coffee makes it tasty. Okay. Brew your coffee, your black coffee with cinnamon makes it a little less bitter. Uh, Rachel. Oh, okay, no, go ahead. I was about to say add water to your soap to make the soap last longer, but that's so known and chintzy. But you don't need that much soap. Bad. All right. A lot of people DMing in to say that I was right. About what? About whipped coffee being a thing during the first stages of quarantine. Yeah, I believe you. (laughs) Here's a hack. If you're gonna have sex, put your socks on and leave your underwear around your knees. That way, the second sex is done, you're already mostly dressed. All you got to just pull your underwear up and you're already warm. Kick it. Okay. Anonymous. 
Hey, Eliza, baby, I'm in hot Scotty for three years. After Do we my- know that he's still hot? We haven't seen him in so long. <laughs> I hope so. I hope nothing bad has happened to him. Hot Scotty number one. Number one, hot Scotty. Hot Scotty number two. Number two, hot Scotty. Yeah, I hope you're okay, Scott. He's okay. okay. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. I'm busy and this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around and I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. For three years after my undergrad, I got a job as a teacher, knowing that it was not what I wanted to do with my life, but it was the only job I could get. I worked my butt off so I could gain more skills and get a better job. Right before the pandemic hit, I was offered another job in my field, so I quit teaching for this new position. The job offer was rescinded when the pandemic hit, and I was left with nothing. 
I've been trying to find a new job for months with no luck. I even started my master's to help myself feel a bit better and open up new doors, but I'm just feeling awful. I'm 26, living at home with my parents, grandmother, and siblings without a moment of peace. My relationship with my boyfriend has been strained from the stress since he can't find a job either. I just don't know what to do. Was there ever a time you felt like you were just out of options? How did you get through it? Sorry for the Magilla, but I really need advice. Honestly, it's not even fair to ask me that. And I mean, like, it's not fair to you because I don't have, there's nothing comparable in your life that compares to a pandemic scarcity versus like a lot of like millennials when we were younger, like there were no jobs for a lot of us, like coming out of college. Um, but there were more options. This is more of a health and safety thing. So like things are just dried up and it's hard to pivot because, you know, everything kind of evaporated. Mm-hmm. So it's not... Even if I were to be like, yeah, when I got out of college, I was lost. Like, cause it's not, these are concrete barriers versus mental ones or like just, you got to stick with it. Like there are no other options, you know, short of moving to somewhere that has better chances. I think it's great that you're going for a master's. A lot of people just do that. Like it's easy. It sounds really hard to me. You seem like the kind of person who's able to pivot and just do that. Like you're like, I'll just become a teacher and not everybody can do that. And I'll, I just, you know, I worked really hard and I can get a master. So give yourself some credit. And while you have this time, like idealize, like envision the life that you want and what that looks like and what that job, and then start writing down tiny steps. Maybe it's sending an email to a potential employer right now who's not open yet. Hey, I'm following up. Hey, I'd love to work, you know, planting those seeds. And I was, there was an article in the New York Times, I think about, how like we've been robbed of even planning a vacation like and how the positive effects of thinking about the future that used to be my favorite thing I'd look at all my tour dates and I'd be excited about where I was going and having that taken away like the uncertainty and knowing that there's nothing to look forward to in the near future is don't underestimate how mentally taxing that is so sit down and kind of daydream out what you want your future to look like and then be like, what does that look like in five years? What does that look like in two years? What does it look like in a year? What do I have to do now? Because this thing will dry up and things will reopen and you want to be like the first person that business calls. So all is not lost. It's just slowed down. You have the luxury right now to envision what will be. Carrot crunch. You can be frustrated by the lack of privacy, but I don't think you should feel bad about living with your parents. Like no, at don't this feel point, bad about everyone that. is living with their parents. Free We're meals. all struggling. Also, um, also write a play about it. No, we don't need more of that. Yeah. Anonymous. Hi, Liza and Emily. I'm a 38-year-old divorced single mom who left her abusive marriage five years ago. My ex-husband received a five-year prison sentence for the things he did to our family, and during that time, I've worked hard to buy him out of our house, gain my master's degree and professorship, and am now working towards my PhD. What? As well as working as a teacher. I was also in a relationship. Oh, rub for the it last- in that last writer's face. <laughs> I was also in a relationship for the last two years, which ended recently. He wanted to move in together and get married. I didn't, and I'm not sure I ever will. Some of my family and friends have suggested maybe I should see a therapist to help me move past my issues with trust and openness. After all, I'm not getting any younger. However, I feel I've worked too hard to stabilize my daughter's world as a single parent family and gain independence to give that up. I'm too busy for a relationship and I'm fine being on my own, but people keep telling me this is something I'll regret in the future. Yeah. Is it normal to be resistant to living with someone for yeah. the rest of your life or is this a trauma that needs addressing both love the podcast especially when you make emily laugh because she has the best laugh in podcasting xx maybe emily maybe make a life with emily maybe she (laughs) um 
there's so many. I'm not a parent, as we all know. Uh, I'm not a parent and I can't really tell you what to do. What I can tell you is that you should be going to therapy for you. Maybe you'll find someone, maybe you won't. It -hmm. sounds like that guy was great, but if he was amazing, you would have found a way to make that work. You got to work through that so you don't close, you don't shut out any other potential lovers, but also that will manifest itself in other areas. It just will. What you went through is traumatic and horrible and it's okay to have trust issues. Um, your daughter's life can be stable with you happily remarried. I have a friend whose mom was just like, I just won't date until she's out of the house because the friend was such a bitch about it. And now the mom is like happily married and probably could have been a lot sooner. Being with someone isn't going to be the key to your happiness, but if it's something that you truly want, like ask yourself, like if you met the right guy who was just going to be loving, caring, and supportive, and you knew he wouldn't hurt you, would you be okay with that? You need to work through that to find out the answer for you. You don't want your fears to decide the answer for you. You don't want the pain of a woman that you don't identify with anymore to dictate your present day decisions. Yeah. So, kick it. Or just settle for some greasy hand jobs in between meals before your daughter doesn't see. So don't talk about her child. Why did I look at you and I said, I'm sorry. Just the kid doesn't see. Anonymous. Hey, Liza and Emily. Love, love, love your podcast. Kiss John Foon Gracie for me. Here's my question. I have this friend whom I met almost 10 years ago. Mm. She's legally blind and can only see a little bit with one eye. Lately, (laughs) (laughs) Lately, she's just been a terrible friend. She only ever talks about herself. She complains about her life constantly. Even one of us has a problem She'll make a comment or two about it and then immediately bring the subject back to her. She also still lives with her parents. She's 38. She complains about bills and doesn't even have any except small ones like Netflix. She has a ton of pen pals that she has sending her gifts and money because she's made them feel sorry for her. Mm. She and I have two mutual friends that feel the same way I do. My question is, am I a if bad I friend out the other eye. for going ghost? Sometimes I just have to ignore her for a few days because I have no patience for her. And yeah. I know if I talk to her, I'll say something too harsh or mean. I know her life isn't the best. She can't get around. We live in rural West Virginia. There's no public transportation oh here. Oh my God. But she makes it seem like our problems don't matter. I don't think she realizes she's doing some of these things, but I've tried talking to her about them and she'll apologize, but nothing changes. Whew. Well, that's actually great. amazing that you've talked to her about it. And it's yeah. amazing that she apologizes. It really sounds like it's that thing where when somebody has a major disability that has impacted their life in a way like that, like that's your eyesight, you as the friend kind of never know what part of this pain is from the disability and what is what she put in her own path? You know, what is the trauma associated with that and the difficulty associated with that versus you just deciding I'm going to ask for money versus doing something. There are plenty of blind people that have careers and jobs and thrive and things like that. There are people with brain damage issues and handicapped people or differently abled people who go on to do, you know, other things, Stephen Hawking. I mean, that guy was a genius, but whatever. And it's tough because you'll never know where her limits naturally are versus where she's setting them. Um, it sounds like she feels just kind of stuck and she's found this outlet in in pitying herself and it's so hard with you as like a fully sighted person to be like, just suck it up because you don't know where her limits lie. But I wonder if you could have a conversation. I mean, and it's also okay. It sucks because you can't, it'll just look like you stopped being friends with the blind girl. Um, I've definitely had a friend or two like that where they have their own issues 
and you're like, it's kind of a bummer to hang out with you. And I hung out with you in the first place and I don't care about those issues, Uh but you're making them issues. And that's, you know, I, I don't know what kind of therapy programs they offer there in West Virginia, but I will tell you, it's nice that you felt that you could say something to her and you might find a nice way to be like, here are the things that I love about you. And sometimes it feels like you get so down or you rely on pity so much you know, that I think it clouds how great you are and all the great things that people could see about you because you don't want to, you, you should impress upon her that you don't want to be beholden to the charity and pity of others because nobody's thriving with that. Like people that accept welfare, like they're not proud of that. It's something that you do because you have to do. Like my brother really mentally struggled with taking donations from people when his house burned down because that doesn't make you feel like a man. That doesn't make you feel proud. But, you know, it was nice that he had that option and people did it, but it felt he felt really bad about it. And I think that actually adds to her um, crumbling self-esteem. It, it's kind of like eating junk food to feel better. Like in the moment you do, but ultimately you will feel worse. Right, because you're talking to her and being honest with her and saying this is how this makes me feel. And, and she goes, oh, I'm so sorry. And then she has 30 people that are like, no, what else is sad about you? It's, and you should tell her like it's sad porn. People are like kind of getting off on that. She's sad. And the fact that she's selfish is a little unfair because she probably has to be. She has to look out for herself. She mm-hmm. has to do all this compensating because society's probably pretty shitty to her. Right. But you can say to her, like, I don't think of you as less than, and I don't think, you know, I think you're smart and I think you're all these things Mm -hmm. and I want you to be the best version of yourself and we're friends and you only talk about yourself and it hurts my feelings. Like, let her, treat her like an equal, not like a child. Yeah, but if it's, if she's not changing, you know, it's it's not, yeah, it's not her, it's not your responsibility. I had amblyopia. I can make eye jokes. I had to wear an eye patch when I was a little kid and I'm still a nice person. Okay. Kick it. All right. Anonymous, I really appreciate all your comments about not asking women about when slash if they're going to have kids or more kids. It's not their business. They don't know how hard some of us are trying. It's business that you had a miscarriage. Not your business. Question. In a few weeks, because I have to have surgery uh, because my left... In a few weeks, I have to have surgery because my left fallopian tube was found to be blocked by a dye test with an ultrasound machine. I had an ectopic pregnancy in February, and we actually caught it fast and were able to use methotrexate to get rid of the pregnancy, thus saving my left fallopian tube, or so I thought. But now that it's blocked, I have to have surgery to see why it's blocked and then to remove what's blocking it, or if that's not possible, remove my tube I fought so hard to keep. Now, my question is... I work in a small office as a prosecutor and will be out of the office only three days after surgery. My close work friends know about my topic. will be out of the office only three days after surgery? I think for just like a total of three days, she'll be out of the office. My close work friends know about my ectopic as well as my coming surgery, but we're so small in an office that I don't know what to say to other coworkers who are nosy and also to my judges who ask due to scheduling court cases. So do I say to them? Nothing. You say what you're comfortable saying. You have no reason to be ashamed of this. I cannot tell you that this won't impact the way people see you because they're stupid. But you say what you're comfortable with and the God's honest truth is legally, and I think you should know this, I don't think they're allowed to ask you anything beyond that. Personal, medical issue, medical emergency. Medical recovery. You have to be okay as a woman, and we're not okay with this, with giving no more information. Mm. You do not owe anyone an explanation for the way you are existing. Uh-huh. And once you wrap your mind around that, I love sharing personal information. I'm an open book. I mean, I talk about this on stage, but there are things that I don't share because people aren't owed those answers. 
I have plenty of things people bring up all the time and I just, whether it's live on a show or on uh, DM or on here, and I just don't answer it because you do not owe anyone answers for anything you don't want to talk about. And that's it. You need to decide what you're comfortable with and you need to hold fast in that. Mm-hmm. That's it. And by the way, those coworkers will find out because someone will leak it. But like, I challenge them to like say anything and make you feel bad. Like, good luck. Right. Someone won't even leak it meanly. Just like one woman will say to another woman, like, oh, is she, I wonder if she'll cut. Oh yeah. She's just, rec- you know, let's give her a little space. Most she people don't know many of the words you're saying, but I think if you're comfortable with it, I found in carrying a child and in the miscarriage, the different levels of bonding I felt with women and sympathy. And it was actually a beautiful thing, but, um you need to be comfortable with the fact that you don't know anyone an explanation for the way you're existing. Mm. And that goes to anyone for anything, whether it's your weight or your choices or your hair or your color or your gender or the way you love or whatever. Most people actually don't care. Right. They're just bored. Yeah. Carrot bite. Carrot break. <laughs> Eliza, I need to know. Chicky. What are the lyrics to the song you sing before Don't Panic Pantry? I can't stop singing it to myself, but I also can't get past It's Time to Populate the Room Before It Turns into Jib Jab. That's- My cousins and I are coming to your driving show in St. Fort Worth in a few weeks. Yes. Can't wait to see you. Kick it. Kick it. Um, it's gibberish. Okay. That's the secret. It's populate the room. I think it's like, and do it while you can. And then I'll usually sing about something that's on my mind. Mm-hmm. Populate the room when you do. Populate the room. It's just mm. me saying populate the room over and over. There's no secret. There's no lyrical brilliance. Mm. It'll be about something relevant, something that it's just it's all not worth your time. Mm. <laughs> Enjoy it in the moment. But uh, other than it's time to populate the room mm-hmm. and do it while you can, like most songs I sing, totally gibberish. Yeah. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, a few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like 
like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl & Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bowl & Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'll be to the room. Nah. Hmm. Anonymous. Hi, Eliza. Emily and Biscuit knows. I love hearing your podcast. It brightens up my day, especially when dealing with the public at a grocery store. Just want to start off with some backstory real quick. I grew up. <laughs> what if they're like backstory? I work at a grocery store. Anyway. I grew up with two younger brothers and loving parents. I'm really close to my dad and I'm 25 years old. I recently received a message from a random person <gasps> claiming to be a friend telling me my parents are hiding a secret from me and my dad isn't my biological dad and that I have a brother that knows about me. I asked around my family knowing, I asked around my family why someone would play a weird prank on me. Everyone I asked seemed didn't seem to know anything about it. I brought it up to my mom and she didn't seem to know either except I noticed she seemed upset. Well, yeah, it's a weird thing to hear. Fast forward a couple weeks and I'm sitting down at the table with my mom and dad. They proceed to tell me that my dad isn't my biological dad. Oh my God. Apparently my mom was <gasps> in a relationship goosebumps. with a guy before she met my dad. Oh my the one God. that raised me is my real dad and the guy that left I will call the other guy. And she got pregnant. He left her and went to Mexico to marry a woman there. <gasps> when she was three months pregnant, she met my dad, told him about me and he stayed and loved my mom and I unconditionally. Oh my God, I love your dad and I have goosebumps. I want to cry. Emily's crying too. <laughs> So my question he for you guys, he, loves he was you. like, I'm into it. Emily's got classy. Okay. I do. Oh. So my question for you guys is, do you it's think- It's like Bridget Jones's baby. He was willing to stay even if- Oh. It- oh. <laughs> did you see that in theaters? No, I but I did watch theaters. it recently. <laughs> <laughs> so my question for you guys is, do you think I should get in contact with the other guy and my half brother? I'm just confused as to why they would want to get in contact with me after 25 years. Well, I don't know why they did over DM so ominously. Yeah, I don't like any. They weren't like, hey, I'm your half brother. I would love to like get to know you. No, it was like, we know a secret about you. But I will say oftentimes because it's hard to convey tone over text, maybe it wasn't that. Or they could be bad at texting. They're like, I just felt like I should reach out randomly. After 25 years thing doesn't bother me because you don't know the circumstances. They could have just found out and they want to know that. I wouldn't worry about that. You need to decide how you feel because here are the facts. It will not change the fact that your real dad is is Zeke, the man who raised you. Uh, I don't know his name. That is your father. That mm-hmm. is not, he's not your biological. It doesn't matter. That is your dad and what a good man that is. And and that's it. That can, and nothing can take anything away from that. Uh, I would talk to your mother because this man might be a bad person. Mm-hmm. You know, sounds not like the greatest guy. It might not be worth it. But you have to decide, like, do, uh, of course it's natural. It's going to be natural to be curious about that. You have to decide how you feel about that and talk to your mom and, and go in it, you know, eyes open and don't let them in right away. You don't know what they want. You don't know their intentions. Be a little guarded, but make sure it's always serving you. You don't owe them anything. Right. So whatever makes you comfortable is good. Beyond that, like they- Blow that shit wide open. 
Talk to your mom, be like, why did they say it now? Maybe there's a reason, maybe someone's sick or something like that. Make sure they're getting nothing from you and you're getting everything. And if they're wonderful people, maybe you open it up. But I think first and foremost, you need to let your dad know how much you love him and how much you, you know, how much you love him and how he'll always be your dad and how much he means to you. Yeah. Then talk to your mom. Then decide how you feel. Decide what you want to get out of this. Yeah. Do you really want to see a man who has like some of your face? That's what you're going to get when you meet your biological father. You know, do you have a chromosomal abnormality? You want to blame someone? Are you colorblind? You want to know where you got it from? Anyway, Mm -mm. I can't answer that for you. No, but it's nice. You have a good, good dad, good mom. And reach out to that sibling and be like, why'd you do it like so ominously? And then they'll be like, oh, I didn't mean to. Well, I'm 58. We don't know if it was the sibling that reached out. It was just a, someone reached out and said like, Crack I know something. Crack that account. Oh, that's yeah. even weirder. People are so fucking weird. Well, it's all blown open now. And yeah. if that person's objective was to like fuck up your life, they didn't. Your mom no. told you and your dad and wasn't theirs to tell, but they did. And, but I also understand why the parents might not have told you because i mean your dad has been there from that's birth like pre-birth that's your from dad. little embryo and he by was the way in it. there's also the version where biological dad wanted to reach out and your mom kept him away like you just don't know mm-hmm. don't be angry at your parents for whatever their choices were they did the best they could mm-hmm. that guy either is a good guy and your mom kept him away for whatever reason or he's a piece of shit and she kept him away or yeah. he never reached out but yeah just be sure to be kind now to they your want mom a kidney. And stuff. yeah he probably wants a kidney so go out and drink a bunch so your kidney's all weird. You can't give it to him. I don't know. Really Cut out know. your own kidney. Yeah, go box a bunch. Bloody it up. Cuddy98. First and foremost, love all your work. Read your book and quote you on the daily. Thanks for making me laugh every day. Yeah. Here's my question. Brace okay. for the long backstory. My senior year of high school, I met this guy. His name shall be Joe. He lived two hours away and I drove up to see him most of the time. After graduation and one year of dating, we moved into an apartment with one more roommate. Let's call her M, who was an amazing friend. Anyway, as what you well know, living with someone is way different than just dating. So after one month, the rose-colored glasses came off and I saw how shitty he treated me. I ended up meeting someone else who actually cared about me and I broke up with Joe. He didn't take it well. I moved out of the shared apartment and left him and M at the new place. And left him and Amazon. I already continued paying rent, but they declined. Fast forward one year later. I woke up to a huge paragraph Snapchat text from Joe. He was forgiving himself for what he did to me and forgiving me. Keep in mind, I never apologized. Honestly, all I could think was, fuck that. And I messaged back saying, I do not want to speak to him anymore. Next day, I got an email from M. It was a novel. She bottled everything for a year. I can see why she needed to let it out. But at that point, Joe and M were fucking and I hadn't spoken to either of them. I thought they were out of my life. Fast forward two more years. This last Friday night, I randomly go to my mom's to have dinner with her. Oh my God. At 9 p.m. What did you have? What did mom make? <laughs> at 9 p.m. there was a knock at the door. Oh my God. This it is was better Joe. than the adoption story. <gasps> Small heart attack, but I opened the door and he seemed shocked to see me. Because <gasps> he's fucking your mom? <laughs> he oh asked- my God. <laughs> He asked to talk to my parents to try to bring us back together, but he saw we were already How here. How did he know you were there? I think it seems like he was surprised to see her and just wanted to talk to her parents. When was uh, the email? 
two years ago. <laughs> so there's two years between or the maybe email? Maybe not. Hold on. Hold on. Let me scroll up and then we'll finish this. We'll fast forward to a few years later. A year after she got the paragraph, then- okay, She goes to dinner. More, she got the paragraph from him a year after breaking up. Now it's yeah. been two more years since that. Okay. okay. So two more years since the paragraph. Oh, wait. Hold on. Let me keep going. Then proceeds on, to break down crying slash hyperventilating. I proceeded to calmly explain the last time we spoke two years ago, we should not speak anymore. And I shut the door. He drove away. A few days later, I messaged his brother. I was, was closer with his family than Joe himself. And his brother didn't know anything about it. Sorry for the backstory, but what do I do about Joe? Do you think he's stalking me for all these years? Uh, no, because you haven't had any contact. He's not stalking you because you haven't, he hasn't reached out. You haven't seen him. It's only been a thing. Just deflect, ignore, distance. Don't let, tell your family not to reply to him if he reaches out. Do not engage. There you go. Deflect, ignore, distance, rejection. Ditter. Ditter, 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 ditter. Because as someone who has a stalker, there is very little you can actually do when someone is insane and does want to stalk you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. I've never met this person. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. And almost all women do have to deal with something like this. It doesn't matter if you're famous or not. Someone's going to be crazy. They're going to be crazy. It doesn't sound like stalking because you had no contact. The fact that he showed up at your parents' house is a little weird. You have to sit with your parents and be like, I do not want communication with this person. I want yeah. nothing. Continue to block, ignore, be mindful of where you drive, things like that. It sounds just like his life, like he's just kind of like a little crazy. It yeah. sounds like you can kind of ignore him. You will not get a restraining order. He hasn't done anything. And I can tell you personally, it is very difficult to get one. Okay. Yeah. I do have one. Um, stalker, I'm reticent to use, but it's all so weird. And I would just keep deflecting and rejecting. Do not engage. No talking. That is the last conversation you will have with him. And the next time he shows up, you call the cops. Yeah. I mean, and they probably won't be particularly helpful, but. No, but at least you're showing him if in case he is saying like, hey, I do not want this. Yes. And you can just say those words. I have nothing to say to you. I do not wish to communicate with you. This is an unwanted interaction. Mm -hmm. That's it. Ask your parents to keep an eye out for that because, you know, what if they see him driving by? What if whatever? It's a little weird that he showed up. I'd love to get more clarity on that. You Do not engage. Maybe you have a new boyfriend now. That always helps. But just try to block it out as much as possible and people tend to move on. Uh-huh. Oh, that's so weird. He so weird. kind of like a loser. Yeah. Like he's just oh, like both And M2, right. just you're done. You're young. You live together. It's du- you're done. We're moving out. We're moving on in five years. None of this will have mattered. Correct. I did some shady shit and knew some weird people and I couldn't tell you where any of them are now. Moving on. Hi there. Not sure if you ever covered this topic, but I would love to hear your take on the silent treatment. My partner is using it as punishment when I say or do something that hurts or upsets him, even though I told him before that it puts me through hell on all levels. How would you deal with such a situation? Leave them be in wait or try to negotiate and initiate a conversation. Thanks so much. Wish you all the best, Anita. Oh, not anonymous. Give me this hat. Don't, I don't like, I already don't like that. It is a really, it's, really immature defense mechanism. Right, because it does, it's like, I'm not even going to give you the chance to communicate this with me. I'm just. What's great about the silent treatment is you can get out everything that you want to say. Hmm. And the person obviously is listening unless they have like special robot doors in their ears. I think if robot this is doors. really your partner, like, 
Earlier today, I hugged, I was holding an ice cold carrot and Smokey Esky had his shirt off and I touched his side flank and he like winced. And I thought, oh my God, why did I do that? Like, why would I want to make him uncomfortable <laughs> in our relationship? No one has a perfect relationship, but there's never, you're never trying to hurt the other one. Uh. And we always kind of stop down and we're like, well, here's what bothers me about like, you always talk about it. You're always aiming to be better. So if you say, when you give me the silent treatment, it makes me feel X, Y, and Z. You know, why do you do that? And maybe he'll say, I do it because of this behavior of yours. Mm. And then you could have a conversation. But if you really explain, like, when you do that, it doesn't help. It doesn't further a conversation. It doesn't get us closer to resolution. Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel worse. Yeah. Is that your goal? Yeah. To hurt me? He'll yeah. Like, no, babe, I never meant it. It is frustrating. You just got to try, try and try again. It's just, it is really immature. It's up there with like repeating the ends of the words, like trying to say the words of someone saying it, which I think is hilarious, but it is, you are dating a child. Uh. Anonymous. Although <laughs> silent treatment in like couple second spurts is a very funny thing. <laughs> Anonymous. Uh, to give you a bit of backstory first, I apologize if I begin to ramble. This guy and I met on the internet about five years ago when I was a senior in high school. We chatted and were flirting with each other until I stalked him on the internet and found out he had a girlfriend for two years. Ew. He's 10 years older than me, so at that Wait. point, he was 28. When did you meet him? She was 18. She was a senior in high school, so okay. 17, 18. Yeah. I stopped talking to him then, but we reconnected on Twitter a year or so later. We continued talking up until today. He would say he never wanted to have kids or get married until he started talking to me. He told me this, plus plan future dates and tell me I would eventually get to date him and how we would spend holidays with my family. You will eventually get to date me. (laughs) And his and how I would get along with his parents and all that jazz. He told me this all while he dated this girl. He would message me for a day and then ignore me for three weeks, etc. He told me his lease on his apartment with his girlfriend ended Mm -hmm. on September 7th and he would break up with her before then. Obviously, he didn't bring up with her. So uh, we only called a few times and messaged each other. for. So although we only called a few times and messaged each other for years, how do I just get over him? I know this might be silly, but it's like a high every time he messages me and I'm just over it. Totally. Sorry for the book. I just wrote, love your work. Can't, can't totally wait get to it. see you. We, we as women, like, look, women do this. Like, look at all the things you just laid out. And you're like, I still love. The attention, he's one of those like Svengali, like, oh, I'm the only person in the room when he talks to me. You need to get another boyfriend is what you need to do. You need to start talking to guys that will treat you like a human. You might be one of those girls that just like is a glutton for punishment. You just reread what you just wrote. This guy has cheated multiple times emotionally. I don't think you've ever even hooked up with him. Right, Emily? Right. It was a like an online. You're like- living in that fantasy of like what could be. It's the reason you crush so hard when you're a freshman on like the senior that you're never going to date. It's the reason you crush so hard on a celebrity. You haven't woken up next to their morning breath. You haven't had a chance to have a shitty date with this person or a shitty fight or touch them on their flank with a cold carrot. You haven't met them. So you only have the most idealized version of them in your head. Part of me is like, you should meet this guy and see how much he sucks. But like, if you date this guy, he will cheat on you just like he did the last 10 years with these random girls. He, that is such a classic cheater's line. Like, I'm going to be breaking up. Men have used it forever. Like, I have a wife, but I'll be breaking up with her soon. Just sleep with me in the meantime. This guy is the worst. I would just cold turkey, shut it down. 
block, erase, and find a way to move on because you will never date this man. He will never date you. He is using you to feel good because he feels totally trapped in his own life. Hmm. Block, erase, run, do not walk from this. That's it. You are an idiot. She called me an idiot. You are an idiot if you continue to engage. We all do things that are bad for ourselves. I compulsively use Instagram. Now my neck hurts. I had a guy that I didn't really like and I would erase his number and then I'd go online to my phone bill and I'd find it and I'd write him <laughs> back. We all, I had a boyfriend that I thought was a crazy person, but I date him when I was bored. We all do shit like this. I am trying to save you the heartache. This man will just be absolutely worthless for you. Yeah. Run, do not walk, find another boyfriend, get a distraction, get a hobby, start dating women, get a chinchilla, anything. Start taking up running, whatever. Mm-hmm. Cut off your hand, like whatever. Do something to distract you. Yeah, that's all you can do. He sounds like such a fucking loser. He's not and worth it. 28, he was talking to an 18-year-old. Yeah, who was how- in high school, not even like 18 in college. Yeah, do you know how little you are at 18? Yeah. 28 is a grown man. Yeah. That is so fucking gross. Ugh. A 28-year-old with a 38-year-old is still like, what are you gonna, What are you doing here? Right, like what are you talking about? So gross. Yeah. One step away from like pulling up his Camaro to the middle school. Mm-hmm. So gross. Everything about him is loserville. Yeah. And you're my fan and I don't want losers in my audience, so don't be a loser. Do not date this man. Don't bring him. And don't come to my show after you communicate with him because I'll know. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'll smell it. Ugh. Now, don't bring him. Because I'll see the disparity between your ages. I'll see it <laughs> in the meet and greet line. I'll be like, who brought their daughter? Oh, it's my boyfriend who I just met. Who's <laughs> totally not cheating on me. Oh, he's such a loser. Yeah. Oh, I can we taste hate him. Hey, Liza and crew. Hope all is well. <laughs> it tastes like square-toed knockoff Steve Madden for men's shoes. That's what it sounds like. Loserville. Can't get Hey, Liza and crew. Hope all is well. While you guys are enjoying heat waves, it's starting to get chilly here in Ontario. My question is in regards to bridesmaids. I originally asked three girls to be my bridesmaids. My sister, best friend number one, and best friend number two. Ooh, number Another two. girlfriend of mine who I'm also very close with and who is also close with bridesmaid number two has become even closer recently. We text and FaceTime all the time and hang out when we have time. Would it be odd to ask her to also be a bridesmaids after the fact of asking the other girls? My wedding isn't until late 2021. Side note, I asked a fourth girl to be a part of the bridal party, but she declined, stating that she wouldn't be able to de- dedicate the time to me. Feels like she's too old, which... She isn't. She's only 34, but I respect her honesty. Just, she doesn't want to do it. She doesn't want to do it. Um, if you're bringing her on because you actually like her versus like, oh, I just need that fourth set of finances. Yeah. You also have time to decide this thing. I would give it a beat since you just became friends. A lot of us, you look back at your wedding, you're like, why did I have that girl there? So make sure it's a real friendship, but I don't think it's the weirdest thing, especially if the other two girls like her. It's also not the biggest deal in the world either way. But just give it a beat to make sure you actually, it's not just like, oh, we're friends now. In three months, you may not be friends. So just give it a beat. Yeah. But it's not a big deal. No, I mean, I don't think she's going to be like, well, I know you asked those other people before, so now I'm offended. I think she can only be, you know, touched that you asked and whether or not she wants to take on that responsibility is her choice. Who have weddings that I wasn't invited to. Like, you know, it's tacky to be like, why wasn't I invited? Like, you don't know other people's finances or what they want or anything like that. Yeah. It's fine. Hunter should have had me as his best man, but he didn't. Okay. I mean, I don't know about that. I think he regretted it later, but that's fine. Having you as his best man? Yeah. I'm the best man he knows. I don't see gender. 
Bestman. Bestminster Abbey. See Parish in Motion. I'm 31 and just moved out. I finally moved out of my mom's apartment, moved across the country from New York to L.A., and flew during the pandemic for the first time all in one day. Everybody's telling me all week, you can do this, and I can, but it's a lot to take at once, and everybody around me wants to teach me how to be independent, which I'm working on. I'm learning to drive, getting a first apartment. I have to find another job. The moving out just took a long time. How do I show everybody I'm working on it and being independent without burning myself out? I don't understand the question. So I think this person is working on being independent. They're making all these life moves and everyone's like, yeah, you got this. And she like wants to show them like, yeah, I do got it. I I don't know. I don't know why that's even a concern. You're Uh. doing it. There's nothing to show. You're doing it. That's. Yeah. There's something else you're really asking there and I don't know what it is. (laughs) There's something else. Like, are you trying to prove something? Like, what are you really asking? Maybe get back to us. Mm, okay. People always want to help and they're always, you know, but at the end of the day, you don't have to answer the phone. You don't have to give progress reports, you know, and most people do have good advice, you know, especially if you've never done something like this before, but I'm actually not sure what you're asking. Okay. I think there's something else there. There's an underlying issue. I feel it. Makina May highlights Emily, sweet, sweet snow peach. As someone who works in a bridal shop, I'm curious as to if your wedding dress shopping experience was as bad as it sounded in your special, LOL, and what other advice you would have for future brides when they go shopping for their wedding gowns. No, no, it it wasn't the actual shopping. And there's actually a whole bit about dress shopping that I cut out of it. Um, And I'm trying to remember the bit now, but no. In fact, I'll even give him a shout out. It was Kirsten, yeah, at Monique Lulier. She was so awesome and so accommodating and Blanche was there. And I remember the first day she said, I love my job. I get to play dress up every day. She was great. Delightful, and, so and, helpful. And they were great and really just made it like one less thing you had to worry about in terms of tailoring. Like we spent a lot of money on that dress. Um, and that is what you pay for when you go to like a designer like that. But mm-hmm. she was great, so patient. It, it, the trying on is it's less about the person and more about society standards of what your body should look like or if you know the dresses all fit they just weren't the ones for me and then this expectation that it should be a certain way and that's really for any clothes you're trying on um but I gotta make it funny and so I've got to incorporate other things it can't just be like they didn't have it in ankle length they had it in ball gun length and I loved it and we went from there you do know the dress that you want when you try it on I didn't think it would happen for me but it did um so my advice is you wear the dress that's right for your body. You may not have the body for a mermaid cut or an empire waist or whatever you want. It doesn't matter what's in that year because you don't want to be one of those brides that has this like weird looking dress that like didn't make sense mm-hmm. and throw out everything you thought you wanted because it may not look great on you. It may actually be ugly in person. Mm-hmm. Try on everything because you don't realize you don't know until you put it on because we don't try on wedding dresses every day. Like, you know what kind of jeans look good on you. You know that high waist is going to look good. Low waist will look bad. Mm-hmm. You don't know when it comes to dresses. So be make sure you eat lunch <laughs> mm-hmm. so you're not cranky. Take your mom. Just know that she's only there to help you. And just take it easy. Do a couple rounds. It's a process. Yeah. you might If you don't find out on the first day, that's fine. Set up some more for the next day. That's it. Take it easy. Don't go so hard on yourself. And remember, they can tailor everything. Just because you put on a sample size and it's too small, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They got a billion sizes back there and they will tailor it to you. Don't beat yourself up because you are a size eight and you're not fitting into a zero. Mm -hmm. Take it easy. Mm -hmm. On yourself, 
on your body and um, don't go crazy. Give yourself a budget because it's over and now it sits in a closet. Kick it. <laughs> We're going to close out with a meta question from your 954 boy. Is a question really a question if it's only a question? <laughs> Highlights, baby arm chamfu, rest in peace, Blanche. Just sitting Aww. here rewatching Unveiled. Blanche walking down the staircase warms my heart. Yeah, okay. Anyway, just wondering how you all decide which questions to read on the air. You must get so many. If we really, really need your guidance, what can we do to format our questions so they have a chance to cross Emily's radar? Love you Ooh, all. Can't wait to see you live again. That's an Emily producer question. Well, you, I mean, y'all shoot things down in the moment. Look, I try to read all of the questions and there are certain times that I'm checking and probably, yeah, if it's recent, I'll see it, but I do go back in the archives. If it's a question that we've gotten a million times, like we can only answer, I'll, we'll answer different Break up variations. with your friend, move on. Right. Like, and we'll, if there's specifics about someone's situation, great, but we're not going to answer that generically again. You right. know, it needs to be specific. Uh, if it's like... 10 paragraphs long. Sometimes I don't because literally my method is when I put together a document, I go into the DMs, I copy paste the DMs into an email to myself and then email them to put them. So if it's like 40 different separate DMs, Mm. sometimes I won't because I'm like, this takes too too long. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But then sometimes I'll just read directly off my phone, but then I might lose track. Uh, Emily's putting, she is also the producer of this podcast and she's putting it together. It's that like je ne sais quoi of like you start out strong. You know, you can have your intro. There's specificity without being too painstaking. Uh Um, And it sounds interesting and it sounds broad, but also it could be weird. But like something that people might want to know versus something so weird that nobody cares. Very rarely do I just straight up decide not to ask a question um, Unless it's, you know, if it's an advice question, we're usually, we're going to try to get to it or we've already answered something very similar. I'm never going to ask Eliza, what do you think of this comedian? Like, what do you think of this actor? Yeah, we're never going to- What do you, like- She's never going to give me a question that puts me in an uncomfortable position to where I'll have to, like, defend it later. Like, I'm a comic, I can take care of myself, but, like, I'm not going on record as being like, oh, I hate Beyonce. Like, that's never- And note the tone. Of course, I love Beyonce. I think yeah. it's like legally required. <laughs> this is not like a dish podcast where you're tuning in to like hear me shit on people. Mm-hmm. If there's someone I don't like, you probably won't ever hear about it because no. if that person offers me a job, I'm probably going to take it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, submit your, and I don't mind at all. Sometimes people will have submitted a question a month ago and then they'll go, hey, just want to make yeah. sure you saw this. I don't have a problem with that. I go through the DMs. There's like hundreds in there. I get to what I can get to. Just keep, keep trying. I, I doubt that I didn't answer your question because it was dumb. I'm sure it just got lost in the fray. I didn't answer because it was dumb. And now it's time for Top of the Cow. It's the Top of the Cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the Cob. Uh, my Top of the Cob is, again, I've taken up running in that I've done it the last two days. What I like about running is this, because I hate running. You get the cardio in. Cardio is the part of the workout that burns fat because it elevates your heart rate. You can do Pilates or a floor workout or something like that, and you may not get that cardio in. I What I like about running is the purity of, like I know this whole time I'm getting my cardio in and then I can do weights or whatever later. I also love that I'm not that great at it. Uh, there's something humbling and kind of fun about being bad at something that you don't mind doing and it's just for you. There's no judgment. Mm-hmm. I don't even look cute when I'm running, but mm-hmm. I'm getting it done and there's a nice buzz after. My back and legs really hurt. 
So I don't know if I'm made for it, but I'm going to try. I mean, this was your top a few months ago. So we'll see. I didn't run today, but uh, perhaps later. I have things to do. You've been very busy today. Uh, And uh, what's your top of the cup? My top of the cob, I realized last episode we recorded right afterwards, I was like, oh, I should have said this. Uh, I play Grand Theft Auto Online with my friend, and he's my good friend from Georgia, and we play digitally together, and we are doing a heist together, and I kept failing this one part. And I was like, "I, th- I th- my controller has a loose stick, and that's why. And he was like, okay, sure. So the next day, I get a package delivered to my doorstep, and it's a new controller, and it had a gift note that said, like, no, no more excuses. I love which that. Which I thought was so nice. And this control, I didn't realize, my controller is probably five or six years old. This one has such good battery life. We still haven't done that particular heist. I'm very scared about doing it and messing up, but we just played other games. Shouldn't be scared about a fake heist. What if I mess up the heist? My stick control. Yeah. You might you might be start over. Um my bottom of the cob is kind of horrible, but Oh no. A big part of social media is the oh. Schadenfreude of looking at something or someone and being like, oh, and judging them. Uh there is a fitness instructor who I stumbled upon their Instagram account. And I was like, oh, I've seen this instructor before. And I looked at their classes before and their body was fine. I didn't flag it as good or bad. I just, you know, totally normal body, um, normal in shape, fitness instructor. And this person, I believe, has a full-on eating disorder. And I'm not like making jokes about it or whatever, but I always delight in this thing with social media where the thing that you're speaking out against the most is usually the thing that's affecting you. Like you get women being like, don't let a man tell you your worth. And I'm like, is that because you let a man tell you your worth? Like it's always like subtweeting the universe. She is fully anorexic because she always talks about dessert and how much she eats. And I'm like, nobody who is that thin eats food the way that you do. Unless you are like a long distance marathon runner and you're burning calories all day, which she might be. Mm-hmm. But there's something funny to me about how much she talks about dessert. And I'm just like, I know that you don't eat that dessert but she's promoting really what I think is an unhealthy body image. Uh. And I just enjoy watching the lie. Uh. My bottom of the cob is a way that you really screwed me over. (laughs) (gasps) No, I mean it. Uh, You know, on the episode where you shared about your D and C, I was very jokey with you because that's a relationship we have. And then (gasps) later I was talking to someone who I don't know that I was trying to impress and they told me about a similar experience they had. And I was immediately way too jokey with them and then was like, (gasps) oh, no, (laughs) that went over better with Eliza. So by me screwing you over, you mean you made a bad choice. I made a bad choice and I've decided to blame you. Uh, It's fine. It turned out fine. But I just immediately... And I think I also deal with like stuff with humor. And so I kind of joked and she really like took it with grace, <gasps> but I could also tell there was like a pause. She was appalled by it. Oh my God. And I was just like, oh, like literally a week ago, I said something similar and got a real big laugh and now it didn't play out for me. Oh my God. That's so uncomfortable <laughs> when you're like, hey, we're all, we're all funny here. We're all kibitzing and they're not. I know, no. I mean, again, like you couldn't, I don't, you couldn't have t- told it from look, but I could just, I was just like, that felt bad. I did a bad thing. Oh my God. <laughs> That's the worst when you like think you're in a flow with someone, then you like make a joke, you take it on a limb. I took it too far. Oh, you took it too far outside the uterus. <sighs> outside. And now, again, in this episode, you've said you had a miscarriage like 17 times, but I have to remember, I can't say that to other people. You also have to remember that, like, it is that tough thing where, like, it is my tragedy to yeah. joke about, not necessarily someone else's. And I have a friend who every once in a while, like, will make a joke about it. And I'm like, okay, I wasn't set up for that. Like, okay. Right. 
Like it's not, but you do have to remember that as the person making the joke, like once you open that door, other people are going to think it's cool. And so it's kind of not cool to like slam it in their face. So. Yeah. I mean, and I was thinking about the fact that I was like, oh, should we have put a trigger warning on that podcast? No, Uh, it's enough with the trigger warnings. It's called life. The the response we've gotten and and I, you know, has been very, people have really appreciated it. You know, I have yet to see anyone being like, you ruined my day because I wasn't expecting that. Uh, But, but I've seen other podcasts How about my day? Well, (laughs) I'm not expecting it. Your tragedy, your secondhand tragedy of hearing about my firsthand tragedy doesn't trump my emotions. Fair. That's what? like being like, I don't want to watch Schindler's List because that's horrible what they went through. <laughs> yeah, you got to watch it, Emily. Oh, God. No, it, tr- the trigger warning, we're too sensitive as a society. Trigger warning. I, I prefer you know the way warning that you is? shared it. Get ready. Fire. That's a trigger warning. <laughs> Getting ready to fire. Okay. I have a weapon. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so yours is embarrassing yourself and mine's my interaction. Embarrassing myself and I blame you. Mm -hmm. Nobody wanted that. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.